God is good. We have four children. They're all, my youngest son is uh, 26. And uh, we have two daughters. How many know girls and guys are different? If you haven't figured that out, you will shortly. So, but we had two daughters early in our marriage, all the same parents. We thought we were done, and then God surprised us, and uh, we uh, uh, we had two two boys late in life. And uh, so, in my early uh, marriage and, and ministry, my wife and I have been in ministry all of our life. My wife's dad was a pastor. I grew up in a. a a family that sang and traveled the country. So that's how I met my wife. Wound up singing at her church. I said, there she is. I said, when, Lord, when I get serious, that's the kind of woman I'm looking for. And I kind of shared that last night around dinner, kind of that whole scenario. But uh, we've been married, and uh, we had two girls, and we were just happy as could be. And very involved in ministry and church and all that. And uh, so then later in life, we had Marshall. We have uh, Noel, Amber, Joy, and Marshall, and Reese. Marshall came along, and he was a surprise. How many know God can surprise you with things, you know, in your life? And so as a dad, I was a dad again. And uh, <clears throat> this time with a son, and then, of course, Reese, he was on purpose. So we have four children. And I found out real quick, that, you know, the boys came along, and I thought... Kim and I have always done ministry together. We've always traveled the country. We, our, our kids were homeschooled on a tour bus, and we we ran the road in churches and conferences and did all, all of our stuff was together. But all of a sudden, um, Kim started doing women's ministries, and so she was around the country uh, doing, uh, at one time, uh, 43 to 45 weekends a year doing women's conferences. It was crazy. So I was home, uh, uh, homeschooling and had the boys and girls. And so anyway, I thought, this is my opportunity. So I started back to a passion of mine that I had early on in life. And that was hunting, fishing, the outdoors. And, uh, so I was, I was, uh, kind of just blessed. To have a dad who wasn't really an outdoors person, but he loved me. So I'm, I have the picture of my dad somewhere up there. Guys, you can put it on there. Um, and uh, so he took me hunting. He took me fishing. He endured it. He was not a, a, a lover of the outdoors, so to speak, but he loved me. How many know that was the key right there? He loved me. Anyway, so uh, my passion for the outdoors took off, and then my girl said, we don't even recognize you, Dad. We don't know who you are in this outdoor ministry. So, anyway, so started taking the boys. And anyway, my daughter, youngest daughter, I told her what the Lord was doing, opening doors. And so I've been speaking and traveling around for the last uh, 10, 15 years doing outdoor ministry. And uh, so she said, uh, well, what are you going to call it? And I said, I don't know. I'm just praying about it. And she said, well, I think God gave me a, a little hint for that. And it's called pray for pray. There's not a hunter or a fisherman that hasn't gone out and whispered a prayer. Lord, if you just let the deer come out right now. Lord, you know, I'm trolling here. I just need to catch this fish. I've been fishing all morning. Lord, you got to help me here. And if you do, you know, Lord, I'll be at church on Sunday morning. I'll be back and I'll, I'll treat my wife right. I won't kick the dog, you know. So they make all kinds of promises and pray. So pray. Pray for Pray was born. So that's how uh, the name of our ministry. And then there's another word that I use uh, all the time. It's my word. And I found it in the Urban Dictionary. And it's called Booyah. And you go, what is Booyah? Well, if you look in the Urban Dictionary, it says, how awesome is that? And if you do something in the outdoors, 
everybody has seen it before. Guy catches the fish and he goes, Booyah. Guy, you know, shoots the deer, he shoots the, the duck or whatever the case is. What do you say? Booyah. Booyah. So how awesome is that? On three, you say it with me. One, two, three, what? Booyah. But you know what? The secret to using that word is it always has to be used with a little bit of attitude. Because you know, the guys are not just going, booyah. I mean, they kind of want to put it in your face. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of one of those words you say with just a little attitude. So on three, one, two, three, what? Booyah. I always add baby on the end of it just because I just love it. They booyah, baby. So that's just what it's all about. So God has been just opening doors into the outdoor ministry. And, and so it's amazing to see what he has done and what he will do. I'm going to take you on a real quick. Uh, we're not going to try to keep you along here this morning. But I want to take you on a little trip. Because what involves in my ministry when I go out and, uh, and share at wild game dinners. And I would say 60 to 75% of every event that I do are unchurched people. They don't go to church. They don't have a church background. They don't know hymns. They don't know worship songs. They just... They just love to hunt, the fish, and they, you know, and uh, they're coming for a boat. They're coming for a gun. They're coming for a dinner. They're coming. They're coming because, you know, people have learned to say, you know, whatever it takes to get people to come. We just want to get them in the atmosphere, and God will get a hold of them. So, you know, it just, it just works, and it just seems. Uh, some great things happened to that. So, but anyway, uh, I want to take you down on a little trip. And uh, especially since we're giving away a boat today and fishers of men, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. Go ahead and put uh, my, uh, no, not that one. Sorry, guys. Uh, let's skip that one. I know we kind of talked about a couple things, and that's a good one. Uh, we, could, we could dwell there. But go ahead and do the uh, uh, cobia fishing. Uh, if you've never been uh, saltwater fishing, it is a trip. Here we go. Fortunate enough this morning to be fishing with my lovely wife. This is Kim. Morning, Joe. We're fishing out of Destin, Florida. Just leave it where it is. I'll talk over it. I want to keep it up. Um, this is a half-day fishing trip. Um, yeah, just keep it in the room. You can keep it up, whatever. Uh, we got a great crew here. Uh, we're up on the crow's nest up here. We go along the coast. We're probably only a mile or so. We, we run the sandbars. Uh, we're catching mahi-mahi first. Mahi-mahi actually is the name of the dolphin fish. Now, you go into a restaurant, you don't say, I want to eat some dolphin. No. You say, I want some mahi-mahi because it sounds cruel to eat a porpoise. You know what I'm saying? So we don't do that. So anyway, uh, the Hawaiians people gave mahi-mahi uh, its name. So it kind of sounds like it came from the islands. But anyway, these are like little torpedoes in the water. Uh, they are awesome sports fish. Um, they are neon colors in the water. I mean, they just amazing. They give a little show. They'll jump up. I mean, my wife gets sound effects. But anyway, uh, but when they come out of the water, you can watch the colors completely fade. It'll be neon uh, green and yellows, and then they kind of fade and they, they go down. Um, they only live about three 
to four years. It's amazing. And they only get up to about maybe 40 pounds tops. Uh, you've got two kinds of, uh, you got the bull, uh, mahi-mahi and the, the cow. Uh, this particular one is a cow. This is Alex. He's doing the job that you pray that you have somebody that's skilled because it all comes down here to landing the fish. Here we go. You got the gaff out there. Here we go. All right. Everybody help me. What are we going to say? Booyah! Booyah! Booyah, baby! Now we're shifting gears. We're actually going cobia fishing. This is where we use eel. They say it's uh, like candy to the thing. Now again, we're fishing the sandbars. Um, the cobia, it's got several different names. It looks a lot like a catfish. They call them a flathead. They are really a captain's first choice of food. So, I mean, they, this is a captain's fish. They get really big. They're huge fighters. Uh, there's nothing, you know, you could fight one for maybe 45 minutes, 30 minutes, or you may fight them in 10 minutes. just depends on the water you're in. This one is about 40 pounds. Uh, we caught some that were 70 pounds, 90 pounds. Uh, they're huge uh, and great fighters. So, again, you'll see how he doesn't like when he gets gaffed here. When he gets, Come on, Alex, get him in the boat. There you go. That thing will beat you to death with that gaff in there if you're not careful. Get him on the ice. Now, since it's Father's Day, we know fathers like to grill. How many fathers like to grill out? All right. So here we're going to do. We're going to take this little fishing trip, and then we're going to put it on the on the grill here. Again, mahi mahi, cobia, forty pounds. Uh, it was a great uh, experience, and my wife loves to fish uh, saltwater. So she's not much on freshwater, but she loves the saltwater fish. Here we go. This is how you do it. This is what it's supposed to look like. Blackening in the grill. And serve it up. Turn the sauce. Listen. That's what you need to do. Hope you enjoyed our little outing today. Oh, yeah. Pray. Pray. Thank you, brother. You can fade that on out. That'd be great. Hey, uh, that's kind of some of the things that I do and I talk about and the connection in... Uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 is kind of where our theme is, is because Jesus told some guys, if you'll follow me, I'll make you what? Fishers of men. It's on that boat out there. I love that. Fishers of men. And that's kind of what my ministry is all about. And because it's Father's Day, it's kind of extra special to me. Uh, I loved, uh, uh, did we find my dad's picture? Did we get it up on here yet? Um, I want I want you to see him because uh, if it weren't for him, uh, I wouldn't be here. Uh, we kind of favor my dad's 89 years old. Um, talked to him this morning. He's in good health. He'll be driving to church. Uh, my mom's 89. Um, uh, a couple amazing things about and everybody's got a story to tell about their dad. My dad is 89 years old. He's never had a speeding ticket in his life. <laughs> now that's something to say. Right? I got to tell you, friends. He's 89 years old, and he's never had a speeding ticket. So maybe that's better luck than management. I don't know what it is, but anyway, I thought that's kind of one of the trivia things. And you know, you always think about 
uh, things that your dad said. How many, uh, you know, if your dad's not here, but your dad always said things kind of funny, you know, growing up. Like a friend of mine said his dad would be sitting in his easy chair and he'd say, Come on in, son. Tell me everything you know. It'll only take a minute. Just funny little things that dads do, dads say. We all have our quirks. My kids kind of, they kind of look at me and they, they, uh, they kind of mimic things that I say and do. And, you know, when I shake my head, sometimes they, 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 they think all that's kind of funny. And, and, uh, they'll say TV wouldn't do it that way, you know. So, uh, anyway, you've got stories to tell about your dad. But I want to talk to the, uh, and just kind of encourage us just for a couple minutes. In the story of where Jesus, and it's in the Gospels, a couple of different places. But it talks about where he found Andrew, Peter, the disciples. And he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Here's what I, I, I believe that we need to, to realize. And I, I'm excited about this church and its vision because there has to be a connection with people before anything can happen. You know, in my world, I call it the camo connection. Because you can have camo on, you can walk anywhere, and somebody goes, well, there's a bro. He gets it. He's got the camo on. And, you know, aren't you glad for Phil uh, and uh, Cy and all those guys, they wear their camo, and all of a sudden camo became cool again, you know. It wasn't something weird, and, you, you know, it became acceptable. But the difference is, when we make a connection... And in the story that Jesus is uh, telling us about where he made them fishers of men, he made a connection in their life. There has to be a connection. And especially in the times that we're living in with all the turmoils and so forth, we need to know that we need to connect with people. Jesus died for people. A steeple never died for people. Jesus died for people. And I always say in every pair of shoes there's a soul. In every pair of shoes there's a soul. That soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. And we need to reach out and to say, hey, Jesus can make a difference in your life. He can turn your life around. And I appreciate what he was sharing this morning. Uh, Brother Jonathan was saying that you have a heavenly father. He's working on you. He's not finished with me yet. Is he finished with you? He's still working on me. And some of us are in a process where God is saying, hey, if you'll follow me, you'll make the connection. If you'll say, you know, and, and the amazing thing was Jesus was connected to, to Peter's uh, life before Peter ever said yes. He healed his mother-in-law. You, you read the stories up to that. His brother Andrew said, come see a man. And we all know people that go, yeah, I don't have time for church. I'm not, I'm not interested in church. And I always tell them, good, me neither. Because the gospel is not about church, it's about a relationship. It's about knowing the man, Jesus Christ, who died for you. That connection, that identity is kind of what Jesus was all about. He said, follow me. He didn't say follow a denomination. I don't care if you're Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Jew, confused. Whatever you are, it has to be centered and grounded on the person of who Jesus is. He is the rock. He's the one that came to make a difference in your life. I believe with the connections there, you'll find that we have to uh, have a commitment to that. As Christians, I think we need to be opening our eyes to always be ready to make the connection. So that God can use us to make uh, uh, the message clear so that people can make a commitment to their life. And that brings about 
Once you, once you find out who Jesus is, Peter found out who he is, and he bowed down and said, Lord, you know, here I am. Take me. He thought he knew how to fish, but Jesus was going to teach him how to fish. He thought he knew how to, the purpose of life is. And I share with people all over the place, it, you know, you can get another trophy on the wall. You can have another outing. You can have a, uh, another experience because everything in the outdoors is an adventure. But I want to tell you, there is no adventure like knowing Jesus and the life that he has prepared for us. He makes the biggest difference in our life. He, he goes before us and he, he helps us in every situation of our life. And this is the reason why I'm, I'm really excited about ministering, especially to men and to fathers today. Because it makes such a difference in the life. And I know this, I tell people this, you know, when we have vacation Bible schools and we have things for kids and kids come to know the Lord, that's great. That's great. You know, they, I heard a, a, a kind of a survey that said, if a child gets saved from a vacation Bible school or a children's church or whatever, there's probably about a 3% possibility that that family, that home, will all come to know Jesus and serve the Lord. And that's great. We'll take 3%, won't we? If, a, if the mom, if the wife finds Jesus and comes to know Him and follows the Lord, they say there's somewhere around maybe 17% chance that that family will all come to serve the Lord. And that's great too. 17% is better than three. Amen? Isn't that great? But if the dad comes to know Jesus, it goes to about 90%. What is it saying? The dad is the key. Man, you are the key. You're the key player in that home. You're the key player in your children's life. You're the key player to where your entire family is going to go. It's not a matter of like hearing about Jesus. It's like taking your children to church. To be the dad. To be the spiritual leader that he wants you to be. To step up to be that man. Be that, that leader that person is taking the role that God has prepared for you. And we can use every excuse under the sun and we can talk about how we didn't have a good dad that we didn't. But listen, Jonathan hit it on this morning. Every one of us have a heavenly father to pattern our life after. I know my dad personally came from a bad situation where at an early age at five years old, his dad died. And things got topsy-turvy in his life. I never knew all of the things that transpired in his early life as a child. And you know what? If we allow those things to cripple us, and we use them as an excuse, we can never become what God wants us to do. But there's an answer to that. The Heavenly Father is saying, I know you. I love you. I'm I'm accepting you just like you are. And I think that's the kind of thing that people, especially in the outdoor world, they say, you know, the church doesn't get me. Let me tell you, God created it all. He gets it. He gets you. He knows that. But you know what? When we take our eyes off of Him and put it on people, people will fail us. People will disappoint us. We'll go away unsatisfied, bitter, tore up. And confused about what's going on. And we just walk away from God. We walk away from the people of God, whatever. But let me just tell you this this morning. God is looking for men and women to walk along beside other hurting people and say, You know what? I'll walk with you until you're healed. 
I'll walk with you until you're fixed. I'll walk with you. And most of the people that I hunt and fish with, God sends my, my way. And they're not believers yet. They're not believers yet. But the seed gets planted. They watch our life. They see the difference. And I can share with them the difference that Jesus has made in my life. Because uh, nobody can do for you what Jesus can. Because there's a hole, there's a big hole in our heart that can only be met and filled by the person of who Jesus is. We can try it through uh, outdoor. I mean, there are people who have the money and the, and the uh, resources to, to just, you know, I heard somebody say the other day, he's living my dream. Let me tell you, that dream can be a nightmare without Jesus. Did you hear what I said? He's living my dream. You don't know what's going on or what he's gone through to get to that point. And there's a lot of people say, you know what? If I if I had what they had, if I could reach what they have in, you know, financially or, you know, uh, the platform or wherever. You know what? You're just following uh, a mirage of what might be, could be in your mind. And you know what? There's people in the desert that uh, follow that um, uh, mirage that they think there's water somewhere. And what happens when they get there to where they think the water is? It's not there. It's empty. It's void. I know a lot of people with a lot of money that are the most miserable people I've ever seen. Because why? They don't have the hope. That Jesus says, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. I will satisfy that need and that purpose in your life and in your heart. So if today you you don't know who Jesus is, I want to invite you that you can know who he is. You can experience that. And God is saying to us, we can make a difference in other people's lives by just um, being salt and light. Every day I tell my children... Be salt and light. Words will never go away. It's something amazing and supernatural about words. Words you speak over your children, they hear forever. Can you as an adult still hear your parents' words? I can. I can hear, I can hear them speak over. That's why we as dads speak blessings over our children. And if you have to speak faith, you speak it by faith. Lord, I'm thank, I thank you that I thank you that my child is serving you. I thank you for the purpose that you're bringing about in his life, her life. Lord, I thank you for the spouse that they're going to marry someday. They're going to be a woman of God, a man of God. They're going to lead my children as they should. Lord, I thank you for healing that's happening in their life. If you have to speak it by faith, you do. I, I call my boys on the phone, my girls, and I said, be salt and light. Have fun, but be salt and light. I want to remind them. I want them to hear the word spoken over. I, I t- you know, we live in such a great age. You can, you can text your kids every day. And if you're not a vocal person, uh, uh, this, is, this is something that you can do every day. I say, you're a blessing. I love you. I'm proud of you. If you heard that, over your life. I love you. I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm proud of you. Your heavenly father is saying that over you. I love you. I'm proud of you. I made you. I have a purpose for you. Walk in what I have for you. You know what? It makes a difference in your life. You hear those words instead of words like, 
You're never going to make it. You're nothing. You're a failure. Listen, the devil is the adversary. He's the accuser of the brethren. Speak words of life, Dad. Speak words of life. There is life and death in the power of the tongue. And we have to speak those words as a father. He's a good, good father. He's a good father. And he wants to speak over your life and bless you today. Dad, you have a great responsibility to lead your family. And it may be overwhelming from time to time. The financial responsibility, the spiritual responsibility. But I want to tell you today, you are not bearing that burden alone. Jesus, the good, good Father, is waiting to help you as a dad. He's waiting to give you the strength that you need to meet every one of the responsibilities in your life. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's all about Him. Things that you think, oh boy, why I messed up. I I did that. You know what? God has a way to take all things and work it to your good. God has a way of taking the good, the bad, the ugly, the failures, the successes. He stirs them all up when we give them to Him and say, it's all working for my good. It's all about the Lord pouring out His blessings on my life. But if you're here this morning and you've got a need in your life, and you're a dad, you're a mom, you're struggling, I want to tell you, we serve a good, good Father. He's here this morning. We're not going to invite you to come up because of the situation, but I want you to do that. If you if you need prayer this morning, let's make a connection here. Throw up your hand. Let's just pray together that God will meet every need in this house. Would you do that? Slip up your hand with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, while they begin to sing, He's a good, good Father. Lord, we love You. We thank You that You love us. And You're waiting for us to say yes. So, Father, if there's somebody here today that's never trusted you as their Lord and their Savior, I pray that they'll just say, Jesus, yes, come into my heart. I believe you're the Savior of the world. Change my life. I confess you as Lord today. And when life is over, give me a home in heaven. Those that are struggling with some habit, doubt, fear, something comes, some sin they're struggling with, Whatever that is today, Lord, with your hands raised up, say, Jesus, this morning, I give you my life. I give you this problem. You're a good Father. I surrender to you right now. Father, I surrender to you right now. I roll this burden over, over on you. Father, I thank you right now that you're doing that. It's who He is. Lord, you're a good, good Father.